in, in the book of Acts for some time now. And I was talking to a, a fellow a brother preacher uh, yesterday about our time in the book of Acts. And, and I told him, I said, it's been so helpful for, for me, and, and I feel that it's been so helpful for the church to, and that we've seen great growth amongst the people um, because of all that, that Acts is filled with, the wisdom, the knowledge, the, uh, the greater understanding of God's design and plan for the church to, to see some of these, these scriptures that maybe we've read through or read over from time to time. And, and we know the general story of the, of the early church, but to, to see the day-to-day of what they were going through, what they were facing, and, and really studying and going into the context, the history of it, the, the depths of it, I, I feel has been, been quite beneficial uh, for us as a church. And I've been thankful for the time, time spent here. And, um, and as we go into Acts chapter 22 this morning, um, preach on a, a uh, an idea, a thought um, that should be something that we all latch on to. Should be something that that as we're in a new year, any time of the year, that this is a concept, this is a mentality, an idea that that is on all of our hearts and minds quite quite readily. And, and and as we'll talk about in a minute, I fear that it is something that we oftentimes overlook or do not think about too much. But I, I want to this morning talk about the citizenship. Of heaven, man, the citizenship of heaven. The scriptures we'll be reading is from Acts chapter 22, verses 24 through 29. We'll have it up here on the screen, or you're following along in your in your Bibles there at your seats. But um, I, I love this scripture we're about to read. And as I begin to study, I've been studying the book of uh, this ch- this chapter on what to to read. And the first part of the chapter is Paul's testimony. Paul talking about about the gospel, about what God is doing in his life, what God wants to do in, in Jerusalem and things of that nature. I thought, man, initially I was like, man, that's where we really need to go. These, this is Paul teaching something. This is Paul giving a sermon, or at least a sermonette of some kind, a devotion to these people. This is surely a good word to, to bring to the people. But as I begin to continue to study, I, I latched on to these few verses of, of an interaction that Paul doesn't have with a large group of people, but an interaction that Paul has with a small group of people afterwards. And what he says just just so clearly showed to me a mentality, an idea, a thought for what we are to take away from this chapter this, this morning with the citizenship of heaven. So Acts chapter 22, verses 24 through 29, reads like this. It says, The commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined under scourging so that he might know why they shouted so against him. And as they bound him with with the tongs, and Paul said to the centurion who stood by him, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? Then the centurion heard that he went and told the commander, saying, Take care what you do, for this man is a Roman. Then the commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? And he, speaking of Paul, he said yes. The commander answered with the large sum, I obtained this citizenship. And Paul said, but I was born a citizen. Then immediately those who were about to examine him withdrew from him, and the commander was also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. That's Acts chapter 22, verses 24 through 29. I want to read another scripture real quick. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, it reads like this. It says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, 
Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Peter communicates to the early believers that we are not bound to the world. It is not our home. Our citizenship is in another land. And I believe that we often forget this truth. We find ourselves becoming too entangled by finite temporal and earthly matters that as James references are little more than a passing breeze or a withering grass, right? Church, I I pray that 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 be not so for us. That we do not lose sight of the more important things because we become too narrow-sighted in the short term. I want us to really think about our heavenly citizenship this morning. First, I want us to talk about that we should know the benefits of your citizenship. right? To know the benefits of your citizenship. Let's read again. And it says, As they bound him with, with tongues, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and un condemned the context of this is is that rome was an expanding empire ever expanding and for romans they were not to be put into bondage they were not to be scourged they were not to be beaten they were not to be punished without a full trial right other people from the conquered people you could go ahead and bond them until things are played out but romans you were not supposed to scourge or bond until that point paul knew the benefits of what it meant to be a Roman. Amen. He understood the benefits of what his citizenship gave him, of what rights that he had, of what benefits that came with that title of being a free-born Roman. Amen. And so too should we as Christians and followers of the faith know what it means to be a Christian and know the benefits and the blessings that come with it. Amen? Amen. Oftentimes I fear that we as Christians, if somebody, a lost person out in the world came to us and, and said, what is the benefits of being a Christian? What is what is the reason that you want to be saved? What is what do you what do you get from being saved and following Christ? We would say that we don't have to go to hell, which is no doubt one of the benefits of it, but there is great benefits beyond that in a walk with Christ. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is telling the church at Ephesus, he is basically telling them the blessing that God gives to those that follow him. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 reads like this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, I I wanted to read this whole chapter here because it continues to go on and, and, and just eloquently tell the people of Ephesus these are the blessings, these are the benefits of a walk with Christ. And, but it was just the whole chapter, so I encourage you, go home and read Ephesians chapter 1. But he goes over some things. He talks about forgiveness of sin and eternal life. That they do not have to worry about hell being their home for eternity, but they have been saved to the uttermost. That heaven is the destination that they will receive upon their death, burial, and ultimate resurrection, right? But he also talks about a hope and a joy and a peace. And the greatest tragedy in the world is going and finding people that are saved and finding people that that know Jesus and are following Christ and to always see that they have no hope and to hear testimony where there is no joy in their life. And where they do not experience peace. Now I understand there, there are seasons in all of our lives. Seasons where we all, that we all go through where things seem a little hopeless. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot to have joy in. I understand that you lose somebody you love. Lose your dad. You, you lose people in your life. Husband, wife, children. You go through difficult times of disease and things. There are times 
where we're not going to always feel so hopeful or joyful. But the life of a Christian should be dominated, should be filled for most of our life with the joy and the peace and the hope that Christ offers us. That Christ not only offers, but gives freely. It is a benefit, not something, everything in life, I feel like. You have, you can add on something. You can pay to add on a new experience to your car. You get the base model, and you go, and then you can do all this. And it's like, well, it's another thousand dollars to do this, another hundred. It's not something that you have to add on afterwards with a walk with Christ. Hope, joy, and peace that comes with the base model. That comes with what you get off the off the rack. That is what Christ gives freely with salvation in Him. Yet so many Christians do not partake. In that, because as we said before, we get entangled with the finite and temporal things of this world. And that steals and snuffs out that joy and peace and hope that we are offered and given in Christ Jesus. But Ephesians chapter 1 continues and tells us, it says that another benefit, another blessing of this walk with Christ that we have is the presence of of the Holy Spirit, right? And, and I, I could not get past this place in Scripture, no one through the book of Acts, that the, the predominant thing that it discusses is the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in the early church, right? So if we are to, if we understand being saved, if we are saved, then we should know that one of the benefits is that we are imbued with the Holy Spirit, given His presence and given His power over the world and many things to overcome what it is that we face. This Holy Spirit that we've talked about for the past mo- several months is something that still to this day in the in the church world we oftentimes overlook or do not understand or and we just try to keep our hands off it. It's not something that we really call upon. It's not something that we really take and take heed to. It's just that other power that we don't really know. The Holy Spirit is part of the benefits that we receive as a believer in Christ to lead us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to give us what we need, to give us the power and authority over the things of this world so that we can be overcomers in and through Christ Jesus. It is the benefits of our citizenship in heaven. If Paul had not known the benefits of his Roman citizenship, then they could have continued to have him bound and he would have been scourged, which basically is, is whipped. It's like a step down from being whipped with the cat nine tails that Jesus went with. It's the same kind of process, just not, just not as nasty necessarily, but it could still kill people. But Paul, knowing full well what his benefits were, helped him escape some of the trials that was he, that was awaiting him. And so too for us. How many times we went through a trial of going through difficult times and felt hopeless? It felt like we had no joy and had no peace just because we didn't know the benefit of being a Christian, being a follower of Christ Jesus, being having citizenship in heaven, of not knowing that benefit. How many times we went through things and all we needed to do was cry out to Jesus, but because we didn't realize that that was something we had the ability to, that we were called to do, that He invites us to do, we just sat back and tried to take it and we tried to lump it and we tried to get through it on our own and we never once lifted up hands for help to Jesus Christ because we didn't understand the benefits of what it meant to be a Christian, of what it means to have our citizenship in heaven. 
We need to know and understand the benefits, the blessings that come from our walk with Christ. Yes, salvation is a glorious gift and nothing can overcome that. But to ignore the other things that Christ died for us to have is to ignore a great part of His works. He says in Scripture, by His stripes we are healed. There is that benefit that we can call upon Him in time of sickness, in time of need, in time of hurt, in time of pain. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He offers peace. He offers joy. He offers rest. These are benefits. But if we do not know that we have access to them, or we are too, we are ignorant of it so we do not call out for it, then we do not receive some of those benefits because we have not Claim them we have not called out for them. We must know the benefits of our heavenly citizenship. right? But we also, we don't want to hide our heavenly citizenship. What does Paul say? He clearly asks, he says, Then the commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? He said yes. He had no qualms about it. He had no questions about it. He didn't lay any kind of specifications or clarifications down. Well, this, that, and the other. He said, yes, I am a Roman. This is who I am. This is who I will always be. This is what I was born into. This is my identity as a Roman citizen. This is who I am. And yes, this is he's talking about his earthly citizenship yeah. in this matter. But our heavenly citizenship should not be something that we treat as a closely guarded secret. Right. It should not be something that we hide from the rest of the world, that we hide from our co-workers, that we hide from our family, that we hide from our neighbors. Our heavenly citizenship, our, our identity as a follower of Christ should be ready knowledge for any and everybody that is around us. It should be very clear and evident to the world, to our family, to our friends and our co-workers that their citizenship They might not call it that, but that their citizenship resides in heaven. They are more Christian than they are anything else. They will claim their relationship with Christ before they claim any other aspect of who they are because that is where their identity lies in, right? There's too many times, and we see it. I think even in Scripture, we look to Peter. When Jesus is going through the trial after the Garden of Gethsemane and everything, and and they've got him for trial, and, and Peter goes there... And Jesus had already prophesied and told him, he said, you'll deny me three times before the cock cries this morning. He said, no, Lord, I love you. I never do that. I'll, I'll die for you. And he goes to where they're having the trial. He begins sneaking around and everything. Maybe it's some kind of some kind of overcoat of what nature, that kind, cloak and dagger kind of style. And, and he goes to one place and one person knows him and says, aren't you that one that, that, that has been around Galilee with this man? And he said, no, don't you, don't you know that's not me? And, and again and again they... They call him out, say, are you this person just for him to deny his eternal citizenship in heaven, to deny Christ? We will be asked, if not in vocally, verbally, somebody saying, are you a Christian? But by the looks that we get, by the people that are watching us, they're asking themselves, is this a person of Christ? Or is that just something that they say? And we should not hide or ignore or cover up or act like that it's not real or not important to us, we should let the whole world know this is my citizenship. This is to whom I belong. This is the relationship that I have. This is who I, where I claim is home. This land is not my own. As Peter said, I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger in this land. 
And I'm thankful for all the things that are going on in my life right now, but I also understand that these things are just finite and temporary, but there's an eternal place that I call home. And we need to know that, claim that, and share that with other people, right? Too many times, and it's sad to realize this, but I know even in my own life, my relationship with Christ sometimes is the last thing I bring up when I'm describing myself or I'm introducing myself to someone, right? I say, well, I've got a youngin' and I'm married or and I work here maybe or I came from this area. I'm not from, you know, Jacksboro, but I'm from across the mountain, wherever. And I'll do those things. And maybe then at the end it's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm a Christian or I'm a pastor or something like that. Not intentionally sometimes, but just out of ignorance, out of just, sl- just slipping up, out of forgetfulness, this fleshly nature. We need to be sure that that our relationship with Christ, that our citizenship in heaven, is the main factor that defines us. Not just a partial factor, but a main factor that defines us, right? And I pray that that is something that we recognize, that we do not hide. That we do not hide our citizenship in heaven, but that we claim it proudly, proudly claim who it is that we are where our home is and where our eternal resting place will be. That that is something that we are proud of. That's something that we are excited about and that we do not hide it or cover it up because certain people or certain groups of people or certain situations are going on. But that is what we look to in every season, in every situation, in every conversation that we have with people. Amen. But I also want us to be confident that no one can take it away. That no one... Can take it away. Before I want, we're going to read another verse of scripture from from that ask from in chapter, Acts chapter twenty two. But very quickly, we don't know as individuals unless we've studied all the different ins and outs of Roman citizenship. Right? There was different tiers to it. I think there are six or seven different tiers to to Roman citizenship. You had the the slave, and then you had freeborns, and there was all kinds of different things in between that the conquered people could kind of fit into. Uh, but you could, the two that we see here, and the two that we'll discuss, is, is that you had freeborn Romans. Romans that were born to th- freeborn, freeborn parents in a freeborn city. Paul said, in the, I believe in the chapter before this, he said, I was born and came from Tarsus. Tarsus was under the rule of Roman at that of Roman Empire at that time to where it was a free city. And anybody born in Tarsus at that time was a freeborn Roman citizen, right? There was no asterisk, there was no clarification to it. They were a Roman citizen by birth. But for the conquered people, people that Romans, their empire continued to spread into the Middle East and up through Europe and stuff, those people could purchase. They could purchase a citizenship and then go to the army in some way and serve to get that citizenship so they would have some of the same rights as the as freeborn Romans. They still wouldn't have all the same rights, but they would have some of the same rights. Now let's look at what Paul and this commander, the interaction they have. It says, the commander answered, with a large sum I obtained this citizenship. Some, he's talking about money, right? He's just not talking about anything. He's talking about money. I bought this and now I'm a commander in the army. I'm serving in the army to maintain and to keep and to earn my citizenship. And Paul said, but I was born a citizen. Amen. Another translation says, I was born free. Right? Paul is drawing a, you know, in his conversation, he is saying, me and you aren't the same. You're trying to earn something that I received freely. Right. 
And you're trying to keep something that I cannot lose. See, somebody that purchased their Roman citizenship, that enrolled, that went to the army to maintain it and everything like that, if they just ran off, if they tried to harm themselves so they would get sent home, they would lose their citizenship because of that, right? It was seen as dishonor, and they were no longer seen as a proud Roman citizen. But Paul, being freeborn, he said, this is mine, and you can't take where I was born, and you can't take what I was born into. How many times we, we in our conversations about Christianity, our walk with faith, we say that we are born again, right? Was it Nicodemus that came to Jesus in the night one day, and he said, Lord, how can I... Be saved, basically. And he said, you must be born again. He says, I can't go back into my mother's womb here as an old man. He says, no, you must be born again of the Spirit. Amen. And two with her, and, and as well, with our relationship with Christ and our citizenship in heaven. There are many that are trying to earn it. There are many that are trying to gain it through worthy and righteous actions. Which there's nothing wrong with worthy and righteous actions in and of them themselves. But when we believe that that is what guarantees our relationship, what guarantees our citizenship in heaven, what has purchased it, then we are off the beaten path. We are off track, right? We're not where we should be in that situation. We are misunderstanding the Scriptures. What we must know is, as Paul said, he said, but I was born a citizen. We must also understand that we are born again. Born again into the family of Christ. There was a price that had to be paid, but it's not something that I have to earn. It is the price that Christ paid on Calvary's hill. Amen. Amen. And that because of that, because I did not pay the price, it cannot be refunded or revoked upon me. Amen. The price has been paid in full and whole because not of what I've done, but because what I've been born into. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, my citizenship is not what I have done but because what I was born into. He says, you've tried to earn it, and you're on. You're doing what you can, whatever, but we're not the same because I was born into this Roman citizenship. And he too would say, I was born into this heavenly citizenship. And you can't take that away Amen. from me. He said, you could scourge me. You could kill me. You could do all number of things to me and imprison me for the rest of my life. But who I am, not only as a Roman, but who I am as a citizen of heaven, you cannot touch. Amen. And you cannot do any harm to. And, and I'm thankful for that. And I do pray that we as, as Christians, we don't often talk about the citizenship of heaven. And, and we get caught up in in local matters, because we're citizens of Camel County. And we'll get caught up in state matters, because we're citizens of the state of Tennessee. And we'll get caught up in, in, in national matters, because we're American citizens, and so on and so forth. And those things are fine. I'm not saying anything against that. What I am saying is that we should view the situations and aspects of life that pertain to our heavenly citizenship not only as equal to, but as higher than any other situation that pertains to our whatever it is that we identify with. But the fear and the reality is is that it's oftentimes quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. That that's the last situation that we're concerned with. 
That's the last ideal that we're wanting to talk about. That's the last priority, that thing that we want to prioritize. That's the last thing that comes up in conversation. And we'll talk about all these other issues before we'll talk about issues of God. And I pray that we look at our citizenship in heaven and realize that, that should be the main factor in the life that we live. In the choices that we make. In the conversations that we have. That that should be more pertinent than anything else. Amen. Because they can throw me all over the world and I'm still a citizen of heaven. Right? They can take certain things from me. They could throw me out of Tennessee and say we never want to see you come back. Right? But I'm still a citizen of heaven. Right. And we need to hold firmly to that concept that before anything and after anything, I am a citizen of heaven. That that is who I am. Deeper than my flesh and blood, deeper than anything that this world can touch, I am a citizen of heaven. And that that factor, this this is Paul knew the benefits of being a Roman. He was not ashamed of being a Roman. And he knew that nobody could take that away from him. We should know the benefits of what it means to be a citizen of heaven. We should not hide that fact from anybody at any time in our life. And we should also know nobody can take that away from me. Nobody can take that away from me. I'm thankful for my citizenship in heaven. I'm thankful for that eternal rest and peace that I'm guaranteed. I'm thankful that no matter what trivial or, or trite thing is going on in my life in this moment, what temporal thing may be just simply passing through that may seem to overwhelm me or even conquer me in that season, it is temporal. And as James said, it will pass away and wither as the grass when the sun arises. But my citizenship in heaven is eternal. It is eternal. And it is settled and it is sealed and there is no question of it. Right? And I'm thankful for that. How do you value your heavenly citizenship today? Are you proud of it? Are you thankful for it? Are you finding joy and peace in it? Do you know the benefits that you have access to because of your citizenship? Or is it something that you hide from? Is it something that you don't talk about much? Is it something that just doesn't hold as, as much esteem as it once did? How do you value and how do you view your heavenly citizenship? Amen. As we go in, in through this rest of this next year, I pray that we as individuals and families and as a church, as a body of believers, hold a greater value for our heavenly citizenship than we ever have that we are more thankful for the relationship with Christ than we ever have been. That we are more grateful for the benefits that He offers than has ever to come from our mouth before will come from them this year. Because I'm thankful, and we should be thankful for where our citizenship is. I am just a pilgrim and a stranger in this land. I love the song, A Poor Wayfair and Stranger but I won't be a stranger forever. One day we will go home. And one day we will have access to all number of things that we could not even imagine on this plane of existence when heaven becomes our home. But even though I'm not there, I'm still a citizen of a land I never went to, but that I plan on going to. Amen. Amen.
I'm thankful for that. If you have a need this morning, I do encourage you to come to the altar and talk to Him. If, if you've, if your citizenship has just, just lost the shine that it once did in your life because of the burdens and the problems of life, come and be reminded of the benefits that you have access to. If you have been maybe guilty of being ashamed or just covering it up around certain people because you didn't want to start something, you didn't want to cause issues. You didn't want to make somebody uncomfortable. It's something that we should be proud of. Come and ask the Lord for strength to stand firm no matter what company you're in. And maybe you've wavered and you've shown concern. Will I still be accepted when I get to my place of citizenship? Come and find confidence. It is yours now and forever. Whatever need that you have this morning, I pray that you come.